0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the first episode of my new podcast, Brazilian Polyglot. In today's podcast, I will talk about six habits of a polyglot, which is self-explanatory, right? I will cover some common actions that I take in my language learning process, not only to learn a new language from scratch, but also to keep the languages I know. As you probably already know by now, I myself speak five languages fluently. Portuguese, my mother language, English, Spanish, French, Italian and now I'm in the process of learning language number six, Russian. So, I decided to share these habits based on my own experience and also based on teachings from the greatest polyglots in the world because I want to help you overcome the main obstacles that get in the way of you learning the language of your dreams. Believe me, learning a language requires a lot of dedication and commitment, but it's not an impossible task that only gifted people can undertake. Language learning can be fun and effective if you follow the advice of people who have been doing this for a while and have the best tips to give you. So, without further ado, let's get to the six habits of a polyglot habit number one make a study plan when you don't have a study plan to follow chances are you will get lost and overwhelmed you will easily lose motivation as you won't have a sequence to follow and you may get lost among so many resources available what is a must-have in your study plan well You should decide when and for how long you will do your active study, which is the time that you will spend sitting at a desk and doing explicit learning. I recommend doing two sessions of active study per week, with a minimum of 30 minutes and a maximum of 90 minutes. You can divide your active study sessions into two types. In the first one, You can follow the step-by-step of the observation part of my method in order to transform all the input you get into comprehensible input. This is absolutely necessary because if you get exposure that you do not comprehend, you will not benefit from it. In your second study session, you can cover the grammar points from your textbook or look at grammar explanations online just to complement the implicit learning and to clarify any obscure point that you could not understand just from context. You can also include at what time of the day you will write in your journal, see tip number five, and what day of the week you will choose to interact with native speakers, and last but not least, what dead moments you will use to do the absolutely most important part of language learning, exposure to spoken language, see tip number six. Habit number two. Master pronunciation from the beginning. It's useless to learn a lot of vocabulary if you don't know how to pronounce it properly, right? You should definitely go over the alphabet pronunciation of your target language since the beginning, especially if you're learning a language that does not come from Latin family of languages, such as Arabic, Russian or Chinese. When you listen to spoken language, try to observe how the sounds are made. Pause the audio, repeat after the speaker and do this as many times as possible. A good pronunciation is a skill that you develop over time. And don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about accent, nope. You do not need to lose your accent in order to have a good pronunciation. Our accent is our identity. It's part of who we are. Our pronunciation, however, needs to be accurate or else it will interfere in communication. If you don't prioritize pronunciation, chances are you will internalize wrong sounds. And trust me, it's incredibly more difficult to undo the habit and relearn the correct way. An excellent resource to master the pronunciation of any language is studying the International Phonetic Alphabet, the IPA. With this resource, you can learn how to articulate difficult sounds, and that can be immensely helpful. Habit number three, learn vocabulary in context. A big mistake that many language students make is learning a list of isolated words, as opposed to learning chunks of language, thinking that this will help them build sentences when they wish to communicate. Well, I'm a living proof that this technique is not particularly helpful. I used to make lists of isolated words in the past, and when I tried to communicate, my sentences sounded unnatural and my grammar was always broken. When you try to memorize a list of isolated words, or even worse, a list of verb conjugations in their different tenses, It takes you a lot longer to build your sentences, as you have to make too much effort to put those words together. Let me give you an example. When you are learning English in the traditional way, memorizing a list of isolated words, you tend to learn only one meaning for every word. So, you learn that the word make means fazer. Okay. Then you come across a huge number of combinations or as we call it collocations with the word make that do not mean fazer. Make a mistake, cometer um erro. Make the bed, arrumar a cama. Make a good impression, causar uma boa impressão. Make it, conseguir chegar, as in I can't make it on Friday and so on. Now tell me What happened to the meaning of the word make as fazer? Well, in some cases, make means fazer, as in make a cake, fazer um bolo, make a compliment, fazer um elogio, but these are few cases. In most cases, make won't mean fazer, so it seems obvious that the best way to learn the meaning of make is learning the meaning of the whole phrase that includes the word make. This will make your life so much easier. And that's what I call learning languages lexically. But hey, what happens to grammar? How can I learn grammar if not in the traditional way? Well, let me give you another example to illustrate that. Let's say you're learning the hideous verb tense called present perfect. Ugh. You try to memorize how to use this verb tense by learning the rule. Well, you use the verb have as the auxiliary verb and any verb in the third column. Okay, but what the heck does that mean? How can I actually put this into practice? Does it even help to know this terminology? All I want is to use the so-called present perfect. So you move on to the lexical way of learning. You see the chunk, the expression. Have you ever been to a place? and you immediately see its meaning, which is Você já esteve em algum lugar." Then, you write down the whole chunk, which already has its grammar embedded in it. Now, you don't need to break it down. You can store the whole chunk in exactly the way it appears. So, when you talk to a foreigner and you want to know if they already came to Brazil, you simply recall this chunk and you move your charming lips to utter the sentence, have you ever been to Brazil? There you go, you used the present perfect without even knowing so. How do you think children make beautifully constructed sentences at the age of 5 or 6 years old? They certainly don't know what a subordinate sentence or a direct object is. They simply learn how to observe, how to notice the language in the way it appears to them. So that's the lesson we should learn from children. If you cultivate the habit of learning words always in context, you build a mental lexicon that is composed of prefabricated chunks of language, that is, pieces of language. That way, you can write and speak so much more effortlessly, as you will know exactly how to communicate your thoughts. It may seem too complicated when we hear this terminology, but in reality, it's not. If you're curious to learn more about mental lexicon, chunks of language and collocations, I strongly recommend you do some research on the lexical approach, which is the approach that I've been using to learn all my languages and the approach I use to teach my students how to learn any language effectively. Once you learn how to learn a language lexically, I assure you, you never go back to the traditional way. Habit number four. Write by hand. I know that with so many online options nowadays, choosing to go old school and sticking to pen and paper doesn't sound very fancy, right? However, the extra physical work that goes into handwriting can actually help you focus on the details that you're actually committing to the page. Typing requires more proximity to the computer or phone, so this increases the chances of distractions. Let me tell you what I do. I keep a physical notebook for every language that I know, plus my journal where I write at least one phrase in every language on a daily basis. I make notes, I change the colors of my pen, I draw on my writings and all this mess kind of resembles the mess in my brain. That's why I can't give in to online notebooks or online reviewing platforms. Whenever I get exposed to the language, I notice a lot of chunks. I write them down in my notebooks and I reveal this vocabulary constantly. That's actually what I teach my students to do because that's the effective way I have found and that I know it works. So, if you are a more modern person and you prefer online tools, there's nothing wrong with that. You can keep some of your notes in a digital notebook or a on your computer, on your tablet or even on your phone, however, I strongly advise you to keep a physical notebook to work together with your online notes. You will benefit greatly from it. Habit number five, keep a language journal. Keeping a language journal is incredibly beneficial, not only because you practice your writing skills, but you also put all the vocabulary and grammar you've been learning lexically into practice. But I have a confession to make. I didn't have this habit until not long ago. I used to believe that I could learn how to write intuitively, but I was sadly mistaken. When I took on the challenge of writing my first essay in French, a few months ago, I came to realize that I was missing a huge part in my learning process. It turned out I couldn't just deliver my ideas as soon as I looked at the paper. The fact that I knew a lot of chunks in French didn't really mean that I knew how to put these chunks to express my ideas in paper. I needed to learn connectors, which are words that, needless to say, connect your ideas. So. Inspired by another polyglot friend, I started my language journal and now I reap the rewards of my decision. My writing has improved greatly in all the languages, even in Russian that I'm still a beginner. Once a day, I sit down to write in my journal, usually in the morning and in the afternoon, very rarely in the evening, when I tend to be more tired, so it's harder to focus. Then, I think of one phrase, anything. It can be what I learned that day, what I'm grateful for, what clothes I'm wearing, what food I ate, who I talked to, etc. Then, I come up with the phrase in English first, which is the language I feel most comfortable speaking. Then, I translate the same phrase into the other languages. But Luigi, what if you don't know how to say that phrase in the other languages? Well, good question, I do my best to use all the lexes I have to produce that sentence. After I reach my threshold of effort, I look for the translation of this sentence in Google Translator and after 10 or 15 minutes, I have my daily dose of writing completed. Again, I highly recommend you keep a language journal for yourself, so you can practice the target language in an easy and meaningful way. Habit number six, immerse yourself in the language. The moment I realized that in order to improve my skills in the target language, I had to get massive exposure to the language, everything changed. I had a major breakthrough. I came to realize that getting exposed to the language only once a week in the language class wasn't going to get me any far. So, I started to use all the technology I have available to make contact with the language. Podcasts, YouTube videos, movies and series, songs, books, phone calls, WhatsApp messages, Instagram stories, anything that makes me closer to the target language. The second realization that changed my life was learning that I can squeeze the language into my routine. That means I don't need to stop my life just to study a language. After all, we all have bills to pay and we have families that require our attention, right? So, I started to use what we call dead times to get exposed to the target language. I listen to a podcast while doing my hair, while cooking, while doing the dishes, while cleaning the house or doing the laundry. I watch an episode of my favorite series while I eat lunch or dinner. I message my foreign friends throughout the day during work break times. I talk to myself in the shower, in the car, in the grocery store, etc. That moment, you name it. I get daily exposure to enjoyable and comprehensible input to my target language. And here we have some very important phrase. Comprehensible input, remember I told you in tip number one that you must understand the content you are receiving, otherwise this content won't be very helpful, right? So here I say it again, all the exposure you get in your dead moments should be comprehensible, so make a point of studying the content and searching for the translation beforehand. If you choose to include podcast listening in all those moments I suggested, make sure you go over the transcription of the podcast first and you understand the content. Then you can listen to the same podcast over and over again until you have understood nearly 90%. After that, move on to a new podcast and do the same process again. This seems a little bit too tiring, but let me give you the good news. All this hard work is necessary for a period of time, to build a good amount of vocabulary, so that you reach a point where you understand nearly 80% of all the content you get exposed to in the first time. The first few months are the most delicate stages of the process, but I assure you, all the hard work pays off. So there you have it. These were the six habits that I developed as a polyglot and that I'm sure most of the polyglots in the world follow too. If you enjoyed this content, make sure you hit the like button down below, share with your friends and write a comment to let me know which of these habits you would like to include in your life of a language learner. I hope you enjoyed today's content. See you next time. Bye!